There are some companies you just shouldn't judge by the sound of their doorbell. But the tacky ring is soon forgotten as 42-year-old Gitanjali Maharaj leads me to her office to see samples of the most luxury stationery produced on the African continent. She started the company five years ago with her husband Anton. They employ three staff. In terms of the box stationery range, we've tried to stay away from anything. You know, being based in Africa, there's a tendency to maybe veer into a bit of kitsch. We've tried to stay away from the very common representations of African iconography. And uh, here in front of us is uh, an example of some stationery you printed, uh, which is on sale in, uh, in Henry Rupert's shop, Merchants on Long, which is one of the, the more bespoke addresses in, in Cape Town. This is really very unusual stationery. It was a wonderful project that Hanalee approached us with. She had an idea this year to start doing completely customised ranges limited editions, small runs. So we make uh, only 50 boxes per design. And, and the cards we're looking at now are called the Creature Combination cards. They're based on original artwork by Cape Town artist Donna Solovey. Donna has taken different African animals and combined them top and bottom, you know, an oryx with a zebra body. We think it's a kind of a fresh way of showing Africa to the world. With bright colours, fluorescent type of pinks and oranges and, 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 and greens on very high-grade card, which I would associate with quite old-fashioned, with my grandfather's stationery, which I suppose is, is really the, the key to what you've succeeded in doing here. I think so. I think you've put your finger on two very important aspects of having a business like this and, and having a business like this survive in the world today. The fact that we are hearkening back to a previous era using techniques and craftsmanship that have largely died out, except for the pockets where people are making an effort to keep them alive. I think what people are responding to and what we fell in love with is the fact that the letterpress makes a deboss, an indentation in the paper. And it's that tactile quality that people absolutely love. And I think it makes sense because we live in a world that's so flat now. You know, it's flat screen TVs, the flattest phone you can get, etc., etc. And so all of a sudden you have something that's not flat. It's three-dimensional, it's sculptured, and uh, people, are, people are in love with that. And then the other aspect has to do with the quality of the paper. That is the bedrock on which the stationery rests. The Heidelberg Platt and Letterpress is about the same age as the man who operates it, Patrick Davidson, 54. A printer all his life, he was taken on by the Letterpress Company three years ago on the strength of having skills which were considered redundant by his previous employer. He and the old German press make a team. For old hand like me, it seldom breaks. There's a few things like pipes and so that crack because it's getting old every morning to what you have to do. What, what, what do you do every morning? Oil the main parts, like the grippers and the motor. And that's that, mostly the joint parts, like, you know, that is moving up and down, up and down. That is the parts we mostly oil up. Gitanjali found the press 2,000 kilometres away in a mining town in Namibia. The gentleman who was selling it was retiring. He was retiring, closing up shop and going back to England. He'd been the community printer in Aranyamund for over 30 years. The drum was completely rusted. It didn't have any rollers. But we didn't know any of that because we never saw it before we bought it. Uh, we just said to him, no, we'll take it. And then the question was, well, how do we get it to Cape Town? It weighs one tonne. 
and you need a crane and you need a rigger. And I think, you know, the chutzpah of being a startup company uh, prevailed because I phoned up the mining company. And I said, you know, uh, do you think maybe you'd consider putting my printing press on the back of one of your trucks when it comes to Cape Town? Because, you know, your trucks are empty when they come back down here. To my absolute amazement, they said, sure, we could do that. They probably thought she was mad. She was certainly inexperienced. At the time Gitanjali bought the one-ton hunk of rusty iron sight unseen, she was a management consultant, and husband Anton was a deputy headmaster at a school. The couple spent seven years preparing the launch of the letterpress company. Why stationery and why letterpress? You know, for me, the only way I've been able to understand that is to say it's like falling in love. You, you can't actually use your left brain to describe why you fell in love. It was something that spoke to me particularly in a way that just combined left brain, right brain, past and future in a really exciting way. There's an enormous satisfaction in being involved in manufacturing and nothing I've ever done before can match this. And uh, why stationery? Have you always been one of these people who gets who loses herself in the stationery shop and, and, and buys uh, sort of things that she already bought the week before but has forgotten that she bought? No, I'm very, yes, I'm very much like that. And um, I've, what I've found is that almost everybody is. Um, we, we meet our customers, we chat to them at the, at the shows that we do in the fairs, and whether it's men or women, young or old, everyone seems to have a closeted stationery fetish. In the centre of the print shop floor, two other members of staff armed with glue sticks fold thick cream-coloured paper into envelopes, each with its own tissue lining. They do so at a rate of 500 a day. No machine exists to do that job. And like the rest of the letterpress operation, it's a celebration of the satisfaction of a job well done. For Monocle 24 in Cape Town, I'm Alex Duval-Smith.